Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Two number one overall seeds set in the NFL. Hey, welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. New morning show here on CBS Sports Radio. So you've got these two teams locked in, Perloff. You've got the San Francisco 49ers locked into their one seed. You've got the Baltimore Ravens locked in on their one seed. And these are two great teams. They might just be... There might just be two great teams in the NFL this year, and that might be it. Yeah. But if you're asking me, who do I have more confidence in that they are going to come out of their respective conference and go to the Super Bowl, it's the Baltimore Ravens. Even though San Francisco is a great team, I think there is no one playing better than the Ravens right now. That win in San Francisco, I think, did a lot to convince me. I know it's just one game, but did a lot to convince me. And when you look at the AFC... And this was supposed to be the juggernaut of quarterbacks, right? And look how things have broken very right for the Ravens. You have a Chiefs team with the offense does not look anywhere close to what we expect from normal Chiefs teams. You've got well, Buffalo's not even in right now, so you have a good quarterback who might be on the outside looking in. <laughs> Definitely. You've got Tua, who has a decimated team around him. We were just talking about that winner-take-all AFC showdown on Sunday night. You're dealing with a Trevor Lawrence who's been hurt all season long. Joe Flacco with the Cleveland Browns. You're not winning that off the quarterback. You're winning that off the defense. And I then will, Indy, Houston, Pittsburgh. None of these quarterbacks this year are really scaring the daylights out of me. I am not going to stand for this Joe Flacco slander. <laughs> but I totally understand what you're saying. But counter argument, who's going into San Francisco and not only beating the Niners, but coming close to the Niners? The Cowboys? Remember the last time they went to San Francisco? <laughs> The Eagles, remember them when they hosted the Niners? I don't even know. The Lions, I don't even know if the Lions win their first playoff game. I just think that the NFC is actually, even with all those quarterbacks hurt, worse than the AFC. There's one dangerous team. It's probably the Dallas Cowboys. But you trust the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott in the playoffs, especially against that Niners team? Okay. Does history not teach you anything, Maggie? Okay, well, I I would not feel confident if I was the Dallas Cowboys having to go into San Francisco. However, this is the one thing. Of course, if anyone gets hurt, it's going to change things. Right. But if you're the 49ers, like, if anyone gets hurt, I don't know if they can win. It's not just, oh, if the quarterback gets hurt, we can't win. I don't know if you can win if if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. I don't know if you can win if Debo gets hurt. I don't know if you can win if any single person has to get injured in in a game. I think the house of cards kind of falls apart here for San Francisco. For the Ravens, it's just Lamar. That's not a fair argument because it's absolutely not true. The Ravens, the last three seasons, have gotten hurt. And it's Ronnie Stanley, too. It's not just Lamar. They've had injuries have derailed the Ravens every single postseason. The Niners, meanwhile, are basically punching their ticket in the NFC Championship game every season, even with these injuries. 
And I don't think the Niners have unleashed all their weapons. I, it hasn't been Debo There's time. More? <laughs> I think I think you're going to see Debo Samuel take over this team. But they have not even used him that much. I, I think there is just so much. Yeah, I think the Niners honestly are sitting on. Are, they're playing it kind of cool right now. I think come playoff time, they are going to run all over people. And listen, who's their MVP? McCaffrey? I think so. Yeah, but if you were telling me you can run Elijah Mitchell at the Cowboys or at the Eagles or at the Lions, I, I think they can survive in McCaffrey. Honestly, Debo being out really killed them in that three-game losing streak. And Trent streak. Williams, yeah. And Trent Williams, but they they rest those guys. They're going in healthy. I just feel like, I actually, I honestly feel like both teams are making the Super Bowl, but I think the Niners are more certain. I just don't see any NFC team who can even really get close in San Francisco. So the question is, which team has the better shot or is the better bet to come out of their conference? Is it the Ravens? Is it the San Francisco 49ers? Can I give you another area why I'd pick the Ravens here that might get a little uncomfortable for people. Who really wins the coaching matchup in a playoff game? I mean, Shanahan. Are you sure? No, but I mean, the guys, how many playoff wins does he have? How many Super Bowls does John Harbaugh have? Like, here's the thing. I've seen the Ravens do it with, right. (laughs) And how many does Shanahan have? Zero. So I've seen in big games, like, You know, part of the reason, and I think, I don't know if San Francisco 49er fans care about this or if they don't or if they're hanging on to it, if they're not, I I can't speak for them. But Kyle Shanahan has to take some accountability for Brock Purdy getting hurt in that NFC Championship game last year. It was ridiculous that they were trying to block Hassan Reddick with a tight end, with a backup tight end. Oh, my It was gosh. crazy that that happened, and that was the moment when things really fell apart. Now, Josh Johnson comes in. Maybe he's still at a shot. He gets hurt, and by the end, it was dead man walking for the 49ers. There are times when Kyle Shanahan, granted, he gets to the big moment, but then when push comes to shove, what happens? And so if you're asking me who the coaching advantage goes to, how do you not give it to the guy who's actually won a Super Bowl? You're pointing to one play in the NFC title game. Well, do you want to talk about the Falcons Super Bowl? Do you want to talk about the 49ers Super Bowl against the Chiefs? We can keep going. Yeah, do you want to talk about the fact that he got Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl? Okay, and and a 10-point lead and couldn't hold it. And do, do you want to talk about the fact that wait did he who lost to the uh, to the Rams team? We were just talking about that game earlier. Was that Jimmy G too? It was Jimmy G. Yeah. Yeah. So he took an average quarterback, and I'm sorry, Brock Purdy's playing way better than Jimmy G ever did, and got there. He is a great coach. Okay. He's they an unbelievable chose coach. Jimmy G. Okay, that was a choice that I don't think John Lynch was making that decision in a vacuum because the story is Bill Belichick called Kyle Shanahan and said, I will give you Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick. Could have gotten a first-round pick from the Cleveland Browns. Didn't want to do it. Send Jimmy all the way to the 49ers. And if you read some reports, they said no to Tom Brady. Yeah. So it, Kyle Shanahan has to wear all of this. Uh, I think You know how... People are now saying that Bill Belichick's success was because of Tom Brady. Well, those people are short-sighted, but yes, I know what they're saying. I think Baltimore's playoff success is because of Joe Flacco, not John Harbaugh. <laughs> because what is what has Harbaugh won in the playoffs since Flacco left? Well, nothing. When's the last time he won a playoff? He was won one one playoff game in eight years. You can't say that he's a great playoff coach. But does he does he actually have the hardware? Yes, he, actually, he does. He has not. Okay, John Harbaugh has been a very good coach. If we want He's to give Mike Tomlin coach, credit right. for non-losing seasons, I mean, he lost his quarterback the last three years in a row at the end of the year. 
Yeah, I know. Because you're talking about exposing your quarterback. BC lets him get hit about 45 times a game. So you can't tell me that Kyle Shanahan is a bad coach because Brock Purdy got hit by Hassan Reddick. And then say that John Harbaugh is a genius, even though he lets Lamar Jackson get exposed on every single play. No, but even after Lamar got hurt, they made the playoffs with Snoop Huntley. Like, it's... The fact that they were even in the playoffs for the Ravens last year was basically a miracle. And I think I can put it on Shanahan because you knew the Philadelphia Eagles were going to bring major, major pressure. And the fact is, you left your guy exposed there. I mean, Lamar, that was like a whole system Let me ask that, you they, this. that they created for Lamar to run. And yeah, they had to change it. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you had an NFL franchise, you got super rich, hit yeah. the lottery, invested right, uh, or even take your Buffalo Bills, and I gave you two coaches in front of you, John Harbaugh or Kyle Shanahan, who would you want? I mean, for the sake of this argument, I would say John Harbaugh. Listen, you know what I'm saying, right? I Do you know that this is yeah, more about Kyle saying, Shanahan having some very high-profile yeah. blunders Big in time. the postseason? Right, because he's won a lot of playoff games and gotten to very high-profile games. We're talking about getting to the Super Bowl. This feels like a Kyle Shanahan path. Now, if we're talking about the big game, who's got the advantage? Yeah, I, I could agree with you there that John Harbaugh might have a slight advantage over Kyle Shanahan, a little more poise. But getting to the Super Bowl, I mean, or winning playoff games, I think Shanahan's more of a sure thing than Harbaugh. Okay, it's also, I think, been tougher in the AFC for Lamar than it has been in the NFC. He lost to the Titans, and he lost to sort of an underdeveloped Bills team. That was not— well, that, that was, was in not, Buffalo. Yeah, I know. I mean, he got concussed. San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco has been a lot of good teams in the playoffs too. They did. They they beat a good Cowboys team. Um, they beat who the else? Packers. Beat? Yeah, it hasn't been easy for them either. It has not been easy, but it's not. It's just not the juggernaut of quarterbacks in the AFC, which is why I actually will give like the Ryan nod Tannehill to the Ravens right now. Actually, well, you're really being Derrick Henry, but I, you, I would give the nod to the Ravens right now because. For the most part, all these really like incredible quarterbacks in the AFC, I've got warts on everybody. You know, I I can look and say, when are you going to get a down Chiefs offense ever again? You don't think they're fixing this in the off season? Like, get them now because Mahomes is not gonna. This is not gonna look like this next year. Two again has all the injuries with the Dolphins. The Bills aren't even in yet, and you're telling me, you know. Banged up Trevor Lawrence, Joe Flacco, maybe Gardner Minshew. We could be talking about rookies, you know, starting playoff games here when it when it comes to CJ Stroud or Mason Rudolph. And who scares you in the NFC? Listen. Listen. How about I, I I pick the Cowboys as my Super Bowl pick, yeah. so I guess I have to stick with them. You're the one who's talking up Matthew Stafford like crazy. By the way, is I it just, I, I, I Buffalo, would like, Buffalo yeah. sitting there in the AFC everyone loves, and nobody wants to see the Rams in the NFC. So it's funny. The At two least the teams, Rams are already in. Yeah, I, Buffalo's I, not in yet. I just think it's funny. Those are the two hottest teams right now, or the scariest teams. We're just arguing for argument's sake here, because now you've convinced me Baltimore's getting in, and I you know are. San Francisco's getting in. San Francisco is getting... I mean, obviously... Here's the thing. At some point, don't the Cowboys have to win? At some point. At some point. And also, again, I will go to this. If one person gets hurt on that 49ers offense, I think it all goes away. Which one? I disagree. I I was going to say real quickly, I feel like the Cowboys getting blown up by the Niners may have been the best result that could have happened to them other than beating them. Because I think now they come into that game with 
an entirely different strategy. This idea that you could do what you did two or three months ago and beat San Francisco, they know that's not going to happen. I saw this with the Jets and the Patriots when they got blown up by 40 points in Foxborough, and then a couple months later they beat them on the road. I don't think that there's this idea that there's no chance that the Cowboys can compete. I look at those rosters. I don't think that there's this big gap between both teams. I think that that was more of an anomaly. We watched the two teams play in the playoffs two years in a row. Those were nail biters. Those were not these blowout kind of games. So I think that's more of what these teams are like as opposed to that blowout we saw earlier on Sunday Night Football. Perfect point. I agree with that. It has been close games in the playoffs, and why wouldn't we think it'd be close again? Uh, one thing though, I I also agree. Baltimore, San Francisco, Baltimore blew out San Francisco, but San Francisco was outgaining them tremendously in the first half. I think that game will be totally different the second time. I can stop the Cowboys though. I mean, you have to be a seventh grader can look at that Cowboys offense and say <laughs> triple team CD Lamb, and you're going to beat the Cowboys. I they are so dependent on that dude that it, it scares me. If I if the Cowboys beat the Niners, and I a lose this argument, and b my hated rival gets to the Super Bowl. I'm not. I'm not even going to Vegas for the Super Bowl. I'm going to be so depressed. <laughs> you have to go. We're contractually so, obligated to I'm go. I'm so depressed if the Cowboys win this year, and the fact that they got the two seed because of a bad call in the Detroit game makes me think. I honestly, I think the Rams are going to be super dangerous if they ever get to the Cowboys. That game is going to be epic. You know that's going to come down to Mike McCarthy and Sean McVay. Well, Sean McVay, for the innovator that he is, he isn't exactly Mr. In-game situational football genius. Somebody's going to screw that up massively. (laughs) I can't wait. There's going to be something that happens in the playoffs where the the Cowboys is going to come down to a call or a bad coaching decision. Uh, Yeah, I agree. They're the biggest threat to the Niners, but they are a wild Wild team come postseason. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, who is the better bet to come out of their conference? Is it the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl? Is it the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl? And then on top of that, is it conceivable at all that Dallas actually could beat the 49ers this year in the postseason? My threat to the Ravens is Kansas City still. I mean, listen, at a certain It's kind point, of a lifetime achievement award, don't you think, for Kansas no, City? I mean, they are not a good team right now. They're, not a good offense. There's say. just one thing missing. There's one, and they just can't catch the ball. <laughs> seems like a really big problem. <laughs> I mean, seems like a, at least a medium-sized problem. John <laughs> is in western New York, has got a thought on the Steelers, who, listen, right here on the cusp of playoff content, of a playoff berth. Hi, John, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, Happy New Year's. Uh, I just want to talk about uh, you, you know you, you mentioned the Browns, and I and I have to I, as a Steeler fan, and I know if there's Steeler fans out there, they're going to sit there and shake my head because I got to get tip my hat to the Browns because they probably saved the Steelers' season. Uh, you know, wide receivers catch the ball, running backs run the ball, and quarterbacks throw the ball. That's their primary function. And when you confuse a secondary function, and I'm talking about quarterbacks running with the ball, everybody gets all excited about it. But the bottom line is, is that if you cannot stretch the field, you do not stretch the defense. Okay. So, so what happened with the Browns were is they were stumbling and bumbling along with the two running quarterbacks that they had, and they got some injuries. And finally, they brought Joe Flacco in, and all you heard is they loved the the ball that Joe Flacco threw. Well, basically what happened was is the Browns' offensive line, which is, is, you know, above probably one of the top offensive lines, uh, they protected him. And guess what? He he doesn't have to run with the ball. 
And well, the he same can't thing is, also. I mean, Joe Flacco. It doesn't. I, I agree with you. Yeah. He can't. Well, and Mason Rudolph isn't no speed queen either. <laughs> so, so, so the whole point, the whole point is, is that if you, you know, if you've seen the last two games with the Steelers, all of a sudden they're throwing the ball downfield. Yeah. All of a sudden they're getting yards. Well, guess what that's doing for the running backs? That's opening up the lanes because guess who can't cheat anymore? The safeties. Sure. So I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I disagree with you, Maggie. And my mother's maiden name is Gray, so I just got to disagree with you about the Browns. I think. I think you've got it right with the two teams that are most favored to go to the Super Bowl. But I think of of the two teams, the one team outside of those that can probably give that the the, the, the leading team in the conference, yeah. yes, is going to be the Browns. You know, they've got the, they've got the defense. They've got the defense, John. That's that's where you might give them the edge. Thank you so much for the call. They've got the defense. They've got the familiarity. Right, uh, division rivals; yeah. those can go any which way. I just think when push comes to shove, haven't we seen this a lot in the playoffs? Where at some point your quarterback is going to have to make a play. And I know Flacco has yeah. looked good and rejuvenated now, but this is against the Jags, the Bears, the Texans without C.J. Stroud, the yeah. Jets. I mean, that 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 Cleveland defense is for real. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think. We're going to see some history repeating itself. Joe Flacco is going to throw a lot of footballs to the Ravens in the postseason. <laughs> I mean, Joe Flacco has been an interception machine with Cleveland. Cleveland's just so good; they've been able to cover up against these bad teams. One thing I don't, I don't think Pittsburgh saved their season at all. In fact, I think they're going to probably win against the Ravens' backup, and I think the Bills are going to win, and the Steelers are not going to make the playoffs, and they're going to be kicking themselves for not playing Mason Rudolph. They blew it. They were 9-4. and four. They blew such a golden opportunity this year. They have T.J. Watt in his prime, and they just, Mike Tomlin made the dumbest mistake. That caller was exactly right. Mitchell Trubisky was such a non-threat that it, it just made the whole offense inept. I, I am so mad. They're my Super Bowl pick, but yeah, I'm so mad. This was such a great year with all those injuries, and they just completely just let it go by playing Mitchell Trubisky. So I guess here's the question, because I really honestly want to know. Like, the coaching staff's in the building every day. Yeah. They're watching Trubisky, and they're watching Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, who's been with them for years at this point. Like, why do you think they went with Trubisky over Rudolph? When Rudolph seems to not just be able to push the ball down the field, but that's obviously having a positive effect on the offense. Guys seem a lot happier. You got these diva wide receivers. You got guys who have been upset all year. You know, Najee Harris not exactly, you know, there's been criticism all around of the offense. And meanwhile, Mason Rudolph is going to solve all the problems. Like they had to know this, right? I, I How don't do you understand. not know. I don't understand. Then you know, uh, the if, average if fan to criticize Tom will know that's, that's another thing to criticize him about Big sticking time. with Matt Canada, going to the wrong quarterback. Big time. I mean, listen, again, he has a, <laughs> I think a few weeks ago, some people in this building, EJ said that Mike Tom is not going to get his winning record. That's inevitable. That's like Thanos, EJ. You know, <laughs> you know that Mike Tomlin is going to win. Uh, yeah, so I do give him credit for actually pulling out the end of the season. If they win this game, you're going to feel you're going to feel okay in Pittsburgh. You're not going to make the playoffs, and you're going to just look at this season and say, "Wow, we really had a chance." Now we're going to get into later in the show. There's some big, big questions moving forward. Yeah, Kenny Pickett addressing the media yesterday. We have that audio for you. Pickett having to defend his character against a report that he is calling uh, erroneous that he refused to dress to be the backup for Mason Rudolph last week. We have all those details for you. It was become a very interesting situation in Pittsburgh for now and for the future. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. 
We're back here on Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. So Nick Saban and I don't have a lot in common. You know, hard scrabbled lifetime football coach and and me. <laughs> and you. Not same, same. No. But I have never related to the football coach more than what I read about he did after the loss to Michigan on Monday. So he lost heartbreaking fashion over time. Last play, we won't even get into what whatever they called or whatever Jalen Milrow did. Yeah. Gets home, and Terry, his famous wife, Terry, is sitting there, and she says, you want to watch the Washington-Texas game? And he says, no, I get that. After my Eagles lose, I don't want to watch any more football. I want to watch something totally different. So the Saban family went to Netflix. Okay, and uh, yeah, the palate cleanser, according to Miss Terry, yeah. is some kind of Turkish television show that the Sabans are watching that has subtitles. Was it a television show or a movie? I was a little confused on that. But I they, think it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Movie, TV show, it's all just rolling into the next I'm not quite sure how the Turkish entertainment system works. <laughs> well, I got the top 10 shows yeah. Turkish TV shows that are currently on Netflix. Okay. Which one of these do we think this is that they're watching? Is it a show called Ethos, which is set in Istanbul, where the protagonist works as a cleaner who doesn't have the best health and finds herself fainting uh, and has to go to a psychologist? What? Maybe that's what they're watching. Is she a spy? Has she killed people? What? I don't understand. (laughs) Why would you be a spy? (laughs) That sounds like the most depressing show. It's a cleaner who is having... Problems taking in too many noxious fumes and has to go. That's a show. Well, as the show delves deeper into contemporary Turkish society, you don't think that the Sabins would be into something like that? Knowing Netflix, that person has to turn out to work for some secret agency <laughs> and kill people. Otherwise, why would anyone watch it? Okay, well, maybe it's a show called The Gift. Okay, I'm into The Gift. Is this a supernatural gift? Uh, no, it's uh someone who it's about a painter and a teacher. In the midst of one of her art shows, an archaeologist discovers an artifact that has the exact same symbol that the painter has been drawing yeah. for years. All right, now we're little talking. Da Vinci Code something, something. L- little fantasy, a little sci-fi, and the end of the, the apocalypse is coming, I assume. <laughs> well, they don't say anything about the apocalypse. That's every show you watch. Uh, finally, The Tailor. Uh, this one is uh, packed full of drama, juicy, and gossipy. Um, a, a Turkish tailor has been hired to make a wedding dress for his best friend's fiance, <laughs> but as he takes on the job, many secrets are about to be uncovered. That does not sound like a Nick Saban show. <laughs> the t- I mean, the tailor, there's a movie recently where there was a guy, oh gosh, there was a guy who was a tailor who turned out to be a former mafia guy who kills everybody. Does this tailor wow. kill everybody? <laughs> Uh, I don't think Jason Statham is in this one, no. Uh, but why you'd like it is because it's unconventional and it keeps audiences wanting more, according to this recap. I think it's got to be The Gift. I think it's The Gift. Might Can we get gift. to the Saban family and find out what they were watching? <laughs> uh, we only it's, have not one gonna be, it's not going to be The Tailor. It's only one question we can act and ask Nick Saban for the rest of our lives, and it's what Turkish television show were you watching on Netflix? That would pretty much be it. I would want to know for Bill Belichick, why didn't you play Malcolm Butler for Nick Saban? What was the Turkish television show? <laughs> By the way, it's a lie, right, that he didn't watch the other game. No, I don't think he did. Why would he watch Washington, Texas? Because he's addicted to football because he's a football coach for 50 years. Every player and coach I know, is, they hate watching football. Unless they have to do it's their not work. coaches. Or they Belichick. do not like. They do not like watching football. <laughs> Pete, what did you say, Belichick? Or it's Belichick. You don't think he watches football? I think Belichick watches football a lot. He's a he's a football. They, he already he's said it. He's a football junkie. And I think Saban and Belichick are basically the two same people. Just I, one coach is pro and one coach. Is I college. don't think they are that are, are are 
completely the same. I think in that regard, I could see him. I could see Saban going fly fishing before watching another game. I don't think so. But we can I mean, believe I don't think, he's watching a Turkish TV show. I think everything they do is for strategic purpose. There's no strategic purpose for him to watch Washington, Texas. Well, Transfer Portal. Here's the other thing. Can I just say one thing I've discovered later in my life that I love? So I'm 40. And one thing that I now, the only way I can watch TV is with subtitles. Like for English. Same. <laughs> Bogus just looked at me like, No, I'm the same way. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. It's so much more enjoyable to watch, like, whatever you're watching with the subtitles. Yeah, they, give it a shot, Bogish. I'm telling you. I can't of, hear Jack. Maybe it's me. And the amount of dialogue you get yes. from movies now that you won't pick up on if you watch them. There are now movie theaters in, in the city. There's probably movie theaters everywhere where they will play movies with uh, closed captions. And I try to go to them. They are not. They don't play every movie. But if I can get a movie I want to see and they're playing closed caption Give it to me. Because I had to watch the Batman in a bad movie theater the first time. I didn't know what anybody was saying for the entire movie. Christopher and it, and it Nolan me up. is killing everybody because I can't hear anything <laughs> and I can't see anything. Yeah. Because everything's so dark nowadays. Like when I used to watch Game of Thrones, I had no idea what was literally happening yeah. on the screen because everything is just dark. <laughs> Game of Thrones is a big one too because they say a lot of random names like, oh, Varys. And, yeah. and, yeah. I still don't know no, all those characters. I, the, the Lord, Lord you know, Farquaad or whatever. <laughs> like That's a strong character. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh, who's that but like you see the names you kind of start to pick up on who the people are so yeah game of thrones was one i had to have subtitles on. it might need a producer narration for that show too well the other part too <laughs> is that i like when you have the music that they play in the intro they'll actually give you what the song title is and sometimes that's a clue whatever the song name is can be like a clue sometimes to what's about to happen mm. so am i old I'm i don't know old, right? I'm, like, DJ's I'm not 32 old, and i do like this it. so mm. yeah i'm all on board Bogus is like, you're over the yeah. hill. Yeah. No, I think everybody now watches with, with caps. I don't even know how to turn mine off. <laughs> I have no idea. It's just on forever. But especially the Amazon Prime game. I'm always trying to take a screenshot of something that happened on the field, and I can't get the captions going. Hey, Oppenheimer. <laughs> Still haven't Wha- seen it. Saw yeah, it right. over the break. Not all that. What really? the What was the deal? I mean... It was okay. Do you but... think it got a bump because it got released with Barbie? Yes. I think Barbie was a way better movie. Oppenheimer, I've seen that movie 50 different times. You know, Red Scare, 50s. It was It was basically a cliche, in my opinion. Wow. So Sorry. same Cold War oh, type of movie. Oh, it was the same. Movie. Oh, gosh. Oh, the Russians are coming. Yeah. You've seen this movie a hundred times. Well, wow. movie I did see that I don't think I've seen a hundred times. That was great. Iron Claw. Really good movie. Okay, but that's I can't supposed wait to, be to see really it. Really depressing. Eric's. No, it is depressing. Why did that get it panned? Good. It looks amazing. Oh, it's awesome. Who panned it? I saw pretty. I, I, good, I saw pretty good ratings. The only pan I I saw was the guy that played Ric Flair. He was awful. <laughs> that that was the that was the worst part of the movie. That was bad. Okay, but this is like a very deeply tragic story. That's true. No. Yes. Can you give me yes. a synopsis of this? Yeah. This is- essentially, the Von Erichs, they were a wrestling family in Texas, and they were basically Texas wrestling royalty. Right. And due to a lot of factors, drugs, overbearing dad, pressures of the industry, they all have. They, a lot of them died. Tragic ending. Yes, all, a lot of them had very tragic ending. It's actually insane how many of them died in the ways that they did. And how many brothers were there? I think in total there were, I believe, five. But in this movie, they only highlight four. Okay. Like, one just doesn't exist in this movie. And that brother also tragically died. Oh, my God. Um, which is crazy. But they highlight the four and the major four that most people kind of know. And it is Okay, so here's the question, though. You leave the movie theater. 
is this like one of those things where you have to go sit in a dark room by yourself for a little bit and just sort of like you don't want to be around people? Has anyone you've seen these kind of movies like Requiem for a Dream? It's yeah, like right. I don't really want to talk to anybody. Like the first episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. It's like I got to sit by myself they, for I a think, while. I think they end the movie in a way that gives you hope okay. for the remaining family. Okay. You know, by the like, way, if you it's, watch, it's tough though. It's right almost right up until the end it's tragic you got to be in the mood for something like that. have you watched yeah. the interviews with the the surviving guy yes you know, he lives in hawaii and is yeah. living this incredibly peaceful life oh good and his sons wrestle yep oh, oh they boy do. they can't quit yeah. the business you know when i was a kid uh i used to buy wrestling magazines i was such a dork and i always Wait, you know, <laughs> was like i think you just offended <laughs> half of the people on this show no no but the thing about so I, I my backpack. I watched WWE <laughs> all the time, but then I would read about these other regional wrestling leagues. There was the Florida League, and they were insane. Yeah. And then I would read about the Southwest and Dusty Rhodes and the Von Erichs, and they were they were these mysterious people that were never on TV. That were all jacked up on steroids and huge. So they were, I was always fascinated with the Von Erics, but they weren't on TV where I was. Wait, but you guys also saw The Wrestler, right? With Mickey Rourke? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was incredibly mm-hmm. depressing. Oh, that was awful. Uh, Life is Beautiful with Roberto Benini. If you didn't walk out of that theater and feel bad about life. Well, that's a different, that's a Holocaust movie, right? Yeah. I, I'm just saying. It, oh, it the was type like, of movie where, where you have to you go walk sit out, by yourself. Sit in a yes. dark room. Yeah. I found that one really hard to oh, talk definitely. to people afterwards. Absolutely. That's yeah, I wasn't comparing it to the wrestler. <laughs> oh, the wrestler! I was, yeah, I always think these movies because you know the dad kind of ends up being a villainous kind of character. I think when you have an obvious foil, that to me at least softens the blow of a depressing mm, movie. Got it? Oh, it's I not could, just society. I could, yeah, I can push right. my anger towards something. Sure, sure. Sometimes there are movies where it's just like, oh, this is just a sad situation. Yeah, like Requiem for a Dream. It's like this is awful right. to watch. Drug addiction. Like right, it's exactly. Terrible yeah. and you but just here keep it's like, oh, down if down. this person yeah. wasn't this way, maybe this wouldn't have happened. So you go from like, okay, it's depressing, but then there's some anger right, that right. you can point towards. Okay. So that, for this movie, two healthy, healthy feelings. Yes, depression. I'll tell you during during Frozen Two when Olaf <laughs> went away. Uh, spoilers. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Did that, Olaf melt? Frozen uh, Two. I went to a dark place. Oh, I'm with you, I'm scene, like, come on, people. <laughs> that scene. I, I was crying. I was next to a kid that uh, was crying too. Get her a. For the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Frozen 2, they, they, honestly, the creators were must have been going through a midlife crisis. I don't know what was going on. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, Bogus, you got headlines. Can you top this sure. conversation? Uh, the NFL did a couple of meaningless things yesterday. The league fining Panthers owner David Tepper $300,000 for throwing a drink at Jaguar fans Sunday. Way to get him where it hurts. Yeah, as Pro Football Talk points out, Tepper apparently worth $20.6 billion. <laughs> so 300 k is 0.00146% of his net worth. Okay. Well, that'll do it. Definitely behave better <laughs> Message now. Message received. I, I yeah. think that the uh, I think here's the the shorthand. If you have your own private plane, I don't know if a monetary fine is going to hit the way it should. Suspend them. Yeah, but from what? From yeah, attending being the a game. jerk in the booth from in the box. The yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you punish an owner other than like hurt the actual football team. But they let they they suspended Stephen Ross. Because he was tampering. Like, he couldn't go to the games. Yeah, and I think that's a hollow thing, too. Like, you take draft picks away or whatever. But, I mean, they're already in a worst-case scenario in Carolina, too. They, they already gave away their draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> they got I mean, bigger problems than, than, than yeah. in all honesty, than, than what's going on here. He's because, a big part of it, though. No, no. Yeah. He's the problem. Well, that's the point. Yeah. yeah.
And, and by the like, way, suspending him from having to go to those games in Charlotte, you. and he doesn't even live there—that is—that is—that's is, that's non-punishment punishment. He doesn't have to beat traffic. I would be thrilled if I was an owner. But this is like a meteoric rise or fall to worst owners in the game. I mean, he is terrible. I was talking to Maggie about this. When he came in, he was so set up for success. Had come from the Steelers. Right. Uh, you know, had all this business success. I had no idea this was coming. I figured he'd be a successful owner off the bat. It's been dreadful. Dreadful. And there's no end in sight because he sucks, and those guys usually don't stop sucking, and when your owner sucks, usually the team sucks. I was going to say, has there been an owner who was really, really awful and then had a turnaround? Like, well, I mean, the Ford family with the Lions are doing well now. Yeah, maybe they're doing well. Are they? I think it's still the Ford family. Yeah, they were the worst owners of all. And the Bengals with Mike Brown. He was kind of floundering, and now they're good. Well, they got lucky, kind not, of. Not really, though. They did start to, you know, they started to go crazy in free agency. Like, they changed their behavior a little bit. They well, because he got Burrow. Like, if they're picking second in that draft and not first, do you think that we're getting this Bengals renaissance? Down well, there? I mean... I, no, but they changed a lot of things. Like, they had no scout. They were the cheapest team in the league. Then all right. of a sudden, they started right. bringing in a lot of talent. Even before Burrow, they made the play. They had a lot of pro. They had A.J. Green and my guy, Andy Dalton. But, Maybe George Steinbrenner uh, might I think, have been somebody. You no, know, I'd be surprised if they around. won Mark Davis. I think if he hmm. could figure out a winner, we'd be like, oh, I didn't see that coming, no. right? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, the NFL also sending a letter to teams and players yesterday to remind them it is their responsibility to clearly declare themselves as eligible for clever plays like the Lions. The now infamous Brad Allen crew is reportedly working Saturday's Ravens-Steelers game. <laughs> yeah. so, speaking of accountability. Mm-hmm. The Warriors needed a win last night, and Steph Curry got it for him. Curry with the ball. He leads... All players in the NBA, clutch scoring. Backs up, shoots over Goga Batazzi. He turned away. He was going back up the floor. He knew it was going in. Warriors go up by 7, 104-97. That's Tim Roy on Warriors Radio. Curry scored or assisted on 13 straight points at one point in the fourth quarter. He finished with 36 as the Dubs put an end to a three-game slot, 121-115 over the Magic. But the best clutch performance last night came from women's college basketball. Here's Davis, out near the timeline, gets it to Stalky at the top of the key. Has it knocked away, but Reed gathers it. Not a Clark. Step back three at the buzzer. (laughs) Not again! That's Rob Brooks and Tiffany Reedy from Learfield, and Rob with some sympathy for another opponent who had their night ruined by Caitlin Clark. That a step-back buzzer beater from the beak of the hawk Ugh. at midcourt. Clark scoring 40 to get fourth-ranked Iowa past Michigan State 76-73. It wasn't a close performance by the engineer, though. No, the radio <laughs> broadcast should get to Caitlin Clark level. Like, she should sound better than the right. static and the screaming and the overmodulation, which is a Pete favorite. By the way, who did uh, Steph Curry hit his shot over again? I don't know. Isn't that a great name? Stand by. I, I Curry with the ball. He leads all players in the NBA in clutch scoring. Backs up, shoots over Gogo Batazzi. He turned away. He was going back up the floor. He knew it was going in. Warriors go up by seven, 104-97. So he's so, on the Orlando Magic. Yeah, six-year pro, Gogo Batazzi, averaging seven points a game. He's a human being I've never heard of until this shot. <laughs> Wait, is is he Turkish? No, he's from uh, Georgia. For a second, I thought it was going to come full circle with the Sabans watching the Turkish TV show. And he is a guest <laughs> appearance on the Taylor. No. Um, yeah, Gogo Batazzi, what a name. 
What a what a picture on is, their website. Yeah, is that why you picked that highlight? Curry hits a shot over Gogo Bataze. It sounds like a nickname of a guy who I don't know drives a in a demolition derby or something. Yeah. <laughs> Dance you do after hitting 30s. a buzzer beater. Oh, yeah, the Gogo Bataze. Yeah. 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 Wait, wait, we've been looking to start a TikTok dance. On the, on, the, on the sly. <laughs> Maybe this is something I thought of one day. I'm like, Perloff and I should start a TikTok dance called the Gogo Batazi. The Gogo Batazi. I think Gogo Batazi would have claim ownership of this. Well, that's fine. By the time it gets to him, we'll already be famous and rich. He looks like every cliche about an Eastern European center <laughs> there ever was. Including Steph Curry hitting a three over him. Hey, the one thing about Caitlin Clark, she hit that wild walk-off winner. That was her, and it was a 40-burger on top of that. She said that's the shot she wants. <laughs> She's like, yeah. and they let me go to the left. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. She's awesome. a killer. And then How she do you like, let her get that shot off. And she walks off the court. I mean, like she had whatever capacity at that building is, like they're all there to see her. And she hits this shot. She scores 40. Like the entire arena is at her beck and call. She just like yeah. walking her, like kind of almost like the Jordan Shrug. Like, are you happy? You guys yeah. good? You're welcome. It's amazing. It's, she's ridiculous. It's crazy. I mean, her, she and Angel Reese together. I mean, does this do for the WNBA? Maybe what like Magic and Larry did for the NBA? And I know it's not going to get to the level of the NBA, but like maybe. And I, I think she technically could stay in college one more year. I don't think she's going to, but I, I believe she hasn't money. used oh, like her COVID, COVID year yet. Yeah. Wow. She'll make way more money staying at Iowa, I bet. Right now, I believe the Indiana Fever have that number one pick. Uh, right. So maybe, but would, but salary wise, I bet she she probably makes more in NIL from playing for Iowa. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I would think that Indiana Caitlin Clark probably a great fit. Well, it's like a LeBron going to the Cavs. Yeah. Thing. Right. And yeah. they had the number one pick last year, and they got Aaliyah Boston. Right. And she was the rookie of the year. Yeah. So that'd be a pretty sick duo. Yeah. I. I do not. I'm nervous to say this, but is Angel Reese the number two? Is I was going to say. I don't know. I been, don't. She hasn't played a lot this year. It was a weird. I know. I mean, we know eligibility thing. Yeah, we know Caitlin Clark is going to be a star. I'm looking at a mock draft, and Paige Becker is actually number two. Uh, actually, it doesn't even have Angel Reese coming out, so I don't even know. Man, it's such a good rivalry, though. But yes, I mean. Oh, Angel Reese is eight on this mock draft. Really, so, eight. Uh, yeah, Paige Becker's two. Aaliyah Edwards. There are a lot of stars. Uh, yeah, this I mean, Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, that definitely elevated the sport. Who's How can you be excited for the men's Final Four when you have the women's Final Four coming up this year? It's going to be awesome. 855-212-4CBS. Bogish, thank you so much. Coming up, we've got Jerry Jones talking about that final controversial play between the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions and so much more. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Maggie Perloff, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff talking about the NFL Massive, massive week coming up. We'll get to Jerry Jones's comments in just a moment. But George is in Los Angeles. George, I got to hand it to you, man. You've been consistent all season long talking up the Rams. We kind of dismissed it earlier in the year, and now you've got one of the hotter teams in the NFL, and you clinched a playoff spot. Pretty cool. Yeah, thanks, Maggie and Perloff. And Perloff's worst nightmare might be coming to fruition. We'll, we'll see. 
They got to <laughs> play Dallas, or they got to play uh, Philadelphia, or they got to play Detroit. But the thing is, this weekend, I don't think they're, they're going to. They, there's rumors they might even start, uh, uh, you know, the backup because uh, it doesn't matter right now. They're six or seven. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, this Ram team is impressive. Now that was a lucky win against the uh, Giants. It could have went either way. But yeah, that was a little too this, snug there with Tyrod Taylor with a shot to win it at the end and couldn't do it. Yeah, it was kind of a bizarre pass he threw. But yeah. besides that uh, punt return, we got to tighten up our special teams. But uh, uh, McVay, you know, in the Super Bowl run in 2021, he kind of did this too. He, they lost three in a row, and then they just snapped together and it started coming to fruition. And this team is not the same team they were at the beginning of the year. I know they're really young, but they hit the jackpot on all their draft picks. They got all 14 on the game, all 14, which is unusual. I mean, and none more. George, thank you for the call. Good luck to your Rams uh, than Puka. I mean, it's been incredible and a sensation. Yeah, and this Kobe Turner kid on the defensive line, it's insane how good he is out of nowhere. Kyron Williams is not a rookie, though, right? Is he a second-year I think guy? he might be second-year. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, so they have the two receivers, so they have Puka and Cooper, and all of a sudden their defense is stout. I think they're an incredibly dangerous team in the NFC. And George mentioned my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare would have been the Eagles playing the Cowboys in the second round and losing. Now, phew. I'm very relieved that the Eagles look like they can't beat anybody. <laughs> Are you I'm getting to the second round? I'd, I'd rather, yeah, I'd, no, I'm saying we're not getting the second round. We're not losing in Dallas, so we're fine. Let's get to our Cowboy Quickie. Jerry Jones talking on 105.3. The fan in Dallas was asked about the controversial play, the call, Illegal touching that cost the Lions the game. Here's his thoughts. First and foremost, the uh, uh, defensive team is supposed to know, it's clear, uh, who the ineligible, who the receiver is eligible that might not have been deemed eligible. That's clear. The rule calls for that. You're supposed to know that if you're playing defense. Anything you do to fuzzy that up, uh, and get fuzzied up, and that's what happened. Okay, but here's the thing. If you ask the Lions, they were clear, and it was really the referees who messed this up, announced the wrong player, so I get why the Lions are still salty about this. Yes, but Jerry, there is logic to what Jerry says. So when the uh, they announced the wrong player, what are the Lions should have said something or done something. I guess that it was too late at that point. Well, you have point. no timeouts, but it's an untimed down, right? It's a, it's a two-point conversion. So can you yeah, run onto the field? You can't throw a challenge flag because, again, you don't have timeouts. But it's inside of two minutes, so all know. the reviews would be upstairs. And into a weird procedural. This I, whole thing, by the way, I never thought about reporting eligible receivers as much as I have in the last week. Well, when you actually go to a game, it's like rather annoying, actually, how often yeah. they announce it every, basically almost every play. By the way, no one's talking about the fact that the Detroit Lions had so much faith that their offensive lineman was going to catch the ball in the most crucial play of the season. <laughs> Not a I think, that's a, Brown. <laughs> I think that's a little underrated. They have all these stars that are like, yeah, our O-lineman has got great hands. Very Andy Reid. Um, yeah. So here's another interesting thing that happened during this interview. They do these weeklies, of course, with uh, with Jerry down at 105.7 The Fan, who's a same company. Own, we are same owned by the same people. I know Sean and RJ have done interviews with them, and they're great guys. The interview was interrupted at one point by some kind of robot speaking French. 
But the big thing is that uh, we're going to count on Schumann, we're going to count on uh, our depth that we've been very... Votre correspondant Orange est en ligne. <laughs> Are Jerry you there? <laughs> well. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can we uh, get well, a translator for that one? <laughs> Something that, that sounded French, but they said Italy. So I don't know what uh, <laughs> what happened in there. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Was Jerry calling from the yacht I, in in France? I'm thinking that Jerry probably hightailed it to the yacht. He's probably in the Riviera right now. But why? <laughs> the because season's not over. Well, yeah, but uh, he's got a yacht. What, I mean, you got to get out to the warm weather. Okay. <laughs> you say Do, that like, think, of course. So he spends Monday to Friday in the Riviera, then comes back for the game. What do they play, the Commanders? Okay, but why is Jerry in the Riviera? Like, why not just go there after the season? I think he goes there after the season too, because it's <laughs> January. You want to get it. It's probably gray in Dallas right now. You're in the middle of a. You're about to. Go, you're one eleven games. You're an owner. You're not the coach. Actually, I guess he is technically the GM. But I think the owner should be able to go wherever he wants. I guess he can. But what if you? What if something comes up? What if you need him? He's on the French Riviera somewhere. He's in international waters doing well, what? Apparently, his phone isn't that steady. You're right. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Oh, man. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. It is Wednesday, which means Great Debate Series happens next. Here's a hint. We're talking about college football. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 